Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So, my last episode was basically titled, Ah, Christmas. <laughs> As in, fuck Christmas and everything to do with it. Um, the main reason that I was feeling that way is, or was, an absolute overwhelm of obligations. I'm looking at my calendar right now, and I can see we had two weddings. My son's born in December, so we had two parties, one for his friends and one for the family, and then all of the various social breakups that people and communities and organizations that you're a part of have, including work and all of the family Christmas Christmas events, plus general life, right? So it turned out that December is a massive month, ending with New Year's Eve, which is still to come, obviously. So it's sort of like there's this absolute overwhelm of things that are in the moment. And when I recorded and posted that, I was on the uh, before end of the big um, the big month, and now I'm towards the end. And a couple of things have happened. The 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 main things that happen is I've gotten through it, but I've gotten through Christmas in a way that's far more positive than I think I ever have in the past. And there's a couple of factors to this that I wanted to share. The first one is, is that I'm being more open and honest in person with my mental state and my ability to cope than ever before. It's it's sort of getting to this weird state with my social media presence and this podcast and all of the stuff that I'm doing that the people that I'm seeing and interacting with in person, some of them do engage. Now, a lot of people don't, and fair enough. But those that do are seeing my distress over Christmas and they'll highlight that to me in person. And that has the potential to be a little bit awkward because it's like, you know, I can see you struggling and, you know, is it, is it me? Is it us? Is it this sort of stuff? And I was saying to everyone, because it's, and it's 100% the truth, it's not you. It's not this event. It's the absolute collection and onslaught of every event all the time. You know, if December was spread out over the whole year, it would be a different story and I would be super looking forward to it. But because it all comes at once, I just get this absolute overwhelm and I need decompressed time. But being open and honest about it enabled and allowed those people to come back to me and say, yeah, I feel that way too. I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed and overloaded and all of this sort of stuff, just like you are. So it, was, it started a good dialogue. And that enabled me to implement some more coping strategies. So at, at family Christmases, I was able to go off and have a walk by myself just to decompress and chill, just take a few minutes to recalibrate. I was able to better plan my uh, downtime day. So after an event or two events in a row, I was able to take a day or two or three to just do nothing, just chill at home. And anyone that was around me was able to sort of understand, it's like, oh, hey, Zach needs this downtime. And the third thing I did was speak to my psychologist. And as you know, like I've, I've put in how to get shit together. One of the chapters is get a psychologist, get a therapist, get someone that's external to you that you can talk through stuff with for two reasons. One, they're not a part of your main sort of group. So if you have a problem with, let's say like I use my wife or a close friend as my main sort of uh, person that I decompress with and talk with, if they're part of the problem, I've now lost my coping strategy. So you have a therapist that's external to everyone, that's not connected, that has no vested interest, that's professional, that has experience, and they can talk you through both because they're impartial and because they are experts. So the psychologist that I have now, she suggested a couple of strategies. And the main one was to make a 
journal of all of the different things that are going on in my mind that are distressing me. And we we highlighted three main things. There's anticipatory anxiety, which is like worrying about the future. This is going to happen and I'm not going to be able to cope, that sort of stuff. And I had a lot of that. The second one is rumination. So sort of like playing over the, the, the social anxiety of like, I said this, they said that, and sort of replaying the, the interactions and the gatherings over and over and over again, trying to sort of realize where I went wrong potentially. And the third thing that, that, that we highlighted was stimulus overwhelm. So this is like things are too noisy. There's too much visual noise as in there's stuff everywhere or audio noise, which is like loud noises, lots of conversations, TVs in the background. It's too smelly, you know, like strong smells of fragrances can be overwhelming. And what I was to do was to each day write down in this little journal the things that were popping up. And my my intuition was, or at least what we thought was at the start, was that it would be a lot of anticipatory anxiety. But over the month, I was writing it down, and I realized more and more that the act of writing it down sort of shone light on the the anxiety and the rumination. And sort of it just basically almost disappeared straight away. I felt anxious. I'm like, oh, my God, this party's coming up. Da, 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 the, the anxiety and writing it down just caused it to disappear, which was amazing. And what I was left with was time and time again, I'm writing down stimulus overwhelm. Now, don't get me wrong. The anxiety and the rumination is still there and it does still flare up, but writing it down really helped. And I was left with the, 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 the awareness that I really do struggle with stimulus overwhelm. So this means that if there's like a big group of people, I struggle to focus on the person that I'm with because I'm taking in all of the sounds from everyone around me. If there's a TV on in the background or a radio on in the background, I struggle to focus on that for, dura- for, for, for on the people in the room or on what I'm supposed to be doing without getting drawn to that radio. And I, I, I see it with my five-year-old son. He, we were at a Christmas party and everyone started sort of cheering or clapping and he got overwhelmed and he sort of screamed and ran into the room by himself. And I recognized a similar sign. Now, obviously I, I cope with it in the moment without sort of breaking down like that, but seeing it sort of, I've had this sort of realization that kids sort of uh, highlight things in a more visceral, obvious way. And to see him struggling with what's clearly was stimulus overwhelm, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I see that I have that too. So I'm starting to learn to, like I said, take the breaks to schedule things apart, to schedule things in a way that suit my mental state better. So rather than having big gatherings, have smaller gatherings. Or if I'm at a bigger gathering, going off to the side and letting people come to me and just sort of turning a bigger gathering into a smaller gathering. And then sort of it, it, it extends from there to to making sure that there are quiet times in the day at home, to making sure that I have the ability to extra myself from a situation and just decompress for a bit because it's like I have a limited amount of energy or spoons or space in my mind and sounds compound that. And I've also started taking to just openly and honestly expressing to people when I'm not getting something. So in the past, I would do my absolute best to sort of fake a conversation until I make it rather than highlight when I wasn't following what was going on. You know, if, if a lot of the time, if you watch people talk, they, they're talking through each other. Someone's saying something and the other person's responding, but they're not really talking about the same thing. They're talking tangentially beside each other. So in order to actually communicate with someone, you've really got to sort of get in their head and understand it. But that takes a lot of energy. And on top of the stimulus overwhelm and the sheer amount of stuff in December, it just became too much. So now what I'm taking to doing with people, particularly those close to me, is just saying, hey, I'm, I'm not 
quite getting what you're saying right now. What 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 are you what what are you, what are you trying to get across to me? What are we talking about? What's the context? Just just dumb it down a few slices, take it back a few slices, really spell out the context. What are we talking about? What information are we trying to get across? Those sort of statements to sort of either ensure that they're communicating with me in a way that gets the information to me, if they want to get it to me, that I'm able to provide them with the emotional and social and connection that they want and that they need and that I want, and that we're actually on the same page because I simply don't have the energy to play that game where I'm sort of struggling to keep up and sort of second guessing and all of that sort of stuff. It's just, it's just too much. So all of those things have culminated in a couple more coping strategies. Like I said, the the, the the journaling of ruminations that pop up, of anxieties that pop up, and of stimulus overwhelm that pop up. Basically, the practice is get a book and like a journal, a diary, whatever, just some blank paper, and every day just write down things that disrupt your mental state. And the idea is that you're shining a light on that. And over time, you'll eventually have a pretty good understanding of what really is disrupting your mental state, whatever that be. So that that has led me down the next path of a creative work of what I want to do is make a book called Writing Therapy, basically a collection of all of the different writing therapies that I've got going on at the moment. So I've done a course on Insight Timer on writing therapy, and I've done a few blogs on writing therapy. And I'll chuck a link down to the, the Insight Timer course on writing therapy and maybe a Skillshare course there too, so you can check it out. But I've decided to put all of that together in a book, and I'm going to start making that book hopefully soon, because I've already done all the back work for the courses that I've done on Insight Timer and Skillshare. So what I hope to do with this book, Writing Therapy, is basically summarize what writing therapy is, how to do it, and to get it into your life as quick as possible. Because I tell you what, like I said, having a in-person therapist is ideal, but writing therapy is also good, because the page listens. It doesn't judge. It's always available. It's free. It, it has the perfect memory, right? It's always there for you. And that's something that physical therapists don't necessarily or can't necessarily, or at least the bad ones aren't able to provide, you know? And also, if you have issues that you don't quite want to express to another person, even if they are detached, all that sort of stuff, you can use the paper. So I'll keep you updated on when that book comes out. But in the meantime, if you're curious about writing therapy, what I've done with it and what um, I'm working on it. Like I've said, I've got the courses on Insight Timer and Skillshare. I strongly recommend you check it out. But I'll let you know when the book comes out because it's super helpful to me. So, yeah, like I said, get it, get it, get an in-person therapist, but start writing down your stuff as well because there's a variety of different things here. So now moving forward, how do we how do we address? Because we're, we're moving into, you know, the new year and it's still uncertain. There's still all the issues with <laughs> the world and the global situation, all that sort of stuff. My approach is to keep to myself a lot. I I don't like looking at the news. Basically because I know that the news is the way that the news wins, the way that they get money, the way that they survive is to push narratives, is to keep the eyeballs on, is to keep you in a state of fear, is to keep sort of the media cycle churning. And yes, there are things that we need to worry about and be concerned about and understand, but I don't think we need to do it as much as the newspapers would want us to do, as the news cycles, as the bloggers, as all of those people, right? So take a step back, turn it off. You don't need to have another conversation about COVID, right? (laughs) We're we're talked out, like, yes, lockdown sucks. We've talked out about that. Like, you don't need to know about a traumatic event in a country that 
is not yours, right? You just, you just don't need to know about it. You don't really need to know even about a traumatic event in your country, right? Unless it's going to impact you, you don't really need to know about it. But there's this sort of morbid curiosity that we have that causes us to click and click and click and read and read and read because it feels like it's helping us. It feels like we're learning something new. It feels like we're tr- we need to stay informed, but I'm not convinced that we do for our mental state. What does it matter to you in the United States if over here in Australia some something you know terrible happened to some kids due to something? You, you don't need to know about it. Just like we don't need to know about the latest geo, you know, internal political conflict that caused you know a riot in one of your states. We don't. It. it, it I've, I've said this many times before, but. There's, there's sort of like a compassion overwhelm and there's this feeling that the world is absolutely totally messed up. And in a way it is, but if you focus on the negative of any situation, you'll see the worst, right? Like you could go, you could have an amazing workplace. 99% of the, the people are amazing, right? Let's imagine that 99% of the people of a workplace are incredible. But this workplace has, you know, this workplace has what? 10,000 employees, 100,000 employees, like a big, it's a big business. If, if only 1% of those employees are terrible people, that's 1%. That's, you know, 100 or 1,000 people that you could focus your energies on. And if you focused your energies on there, you'd think that workplace is absolutely atrocious. But if you focused on the 99%, you'd think it's amazing. I would argue that since we live in a mass-connected global world, particularly during these times, particularly as we're coming out of Christmas and, you know, into the new year, it's very easy to see all the negatives all the time everywhere. I just don't know if it's helpful because what can you actually do about it and what does the information actually do to you? I rant about that all the time, but I'm strongly convinced that it's it's vital. Um, once again, if that would be an example, if you get into this mental state of like, oh my God, the world is this and that and yada yada, you'd write that down. You'd write down worrying about the world or worried about this specific thing, right? If you had a, if you, you know, on the writing therapy thing that is, if you, if you were to talk about or worry about some sort of problem with uh, a conversation, an awkward conversation you had with your mum or your dad, you'd write that down in rumination. And if you were sitting there worried about or getting overwhelmed or just stressed because someone's doing some uh, construction in the next door neighbor's house or mowing their lawn at a certain time or, you know, the neighbors have the music up loud, that might be stimulus overwhelm as an example. So like I said, I will put the links to the writing therapy um, courses on Insight Timer and Skillshare. And I'll let you know when my next book is coming out on writing therapy. I've also got a few more projects that I'm going to be working on over the next year. What I'm hoping to work on is lucidity. Um, I, I played with this a while back, but I'm going to go hard on it now. Lucidity is a um, ongoing epic fantasy series in a universe where dreams are connected. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it more once I've got more of it written and up. But the basic idea will be that I'm going to be writing it and uploading it as I go as a blog and also as its own podcast. So you'll be able to listen or read along as I create it. I'm super excited about this. If you're into lucid dreaming, if you're, if, if you're interested in epic magic systems, if you are looking at some of the uh, deeper level fiction that I'm writing, all of that sort of stuff, you'll like lucidity. So that's going to come in 2022. I'm also looking at doing another volume of Kink, Kink Volume 2. I've been writing a bunch of poetry and short fiction for that. So that's out and about. And um, yeah, if you haven't already, check out Kink uh, Volume 1. It is erotic short fiction and poetry. I've had some decent uh, feedback in response to that. Most of it 
almost all of it's been positive. The only negative has been that I didn't go far enough and that I'm too vanilla, which I um, I did pull back on a lot of the stuff. Um, but even that, that was a bit surprising for me. So I'll go a little bit harder, pun intended, um, on Kink Volume 2. And I also, along the lines of Kink, I'm considering making a Kink podcast as well. Basically, it'll be me interviewing people from the community talking about... Um, sex, sex life, sexual expression, um, all of that sort of stuff. So it'll be a bit of a uh, fun look at that world. I'll see if I can pull that off because um, <laughs> I'm fairly introverted and uh, interviewing interviewing people will be a uh, step into a bit of an unknown. Um, not because of the topic, but just because of like the arranging and the sort of the practicality side of organizing a podcast interview schedules i'm happy talking about sex and sexuality and writing about it and all of that sort of stuff it's more the back-end uh arranging of those connections which i struggle which which is pretty interesting when I, I deconstruct the anxiety there but i think that i'm in a place that i'll be able to do that so hopefully like i said lucidity will come kink volume 2 will come and potentially the kink podcast there's always talk about you know, let's let's just creep into 2022 because don't claim it as your year, jinx it, all of that sort of stuff. Look, <laughs> well, the, the world is going to do what the world does. COVID's going to do what COVID does. Governments are going to do what governments do, right? You can only do what you can do. So wherever you're at, just do the best you can. If that means you go into 2020 all guns blazing or you just sort of creep in there, that's okay. I just suggest that you always do the best that you can do with what you've got. Some days, the best that I can do is wake up, have a shower. Other days, it's write a book. Other days, it's go to a party. Whatever whatever your best is for the day, that's what you've got to do. And provided that you're considering your long-term um the, the, the long-term functionality and how you're going to be able to provide for yourself and those that you need to over the long term, Balancing that with each day to day is, is the goal. So whatever you can do each day and next year, do that. My goal is to, like I said, get lucidity up and running, get the kink volume um, two and the podcast up and running. I just keep chipping away at a variety of projects. I've got a whole, whole bunch of stuff that I'm working on that I'm excited to bring you. So yeah, thank you for your kindness and your support. Thank you for everyone checking in and connecting. Thank you. Um, for 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 supporting what i'm doing here it's it's great and it's it's good to know that if i (laughs) the strategy that i've got is slowly working i I aim to give everything i do away for free as much as possible as much as the the platforms allow at least so you'll be able to find you know all of my books up eventually chapter by chapter for free online most of them are and i'm still chipping away at getting how to get your shit together and a few of the newer books up um (laughs) as blog posts but Keep checking back, connect to my social um, at Zach P. Phillips. And yeah, I'll, I'll keep um, updating you and you can keep you can keep this keep this going. Anyway, I hope Christmas wasn't too stressful for you. I hope that the New Year's is um, goes well. And like I said, give the writing therapy a try. Anyway, cheers. <laughs>